All right, welcome back to the Baron of Beverage. I'm here once again with Christopher Rodovi from the Whiskey Room, continuing our series of the best tasting whiskeys on earth. We're up to number six. Number six. Number six. Um, and uh, and number six is Knob Creek, um, a Jim Beam product. Um, go ahead and open that bad boy up, Chris. Uh, I'm going to start him early on that because, you know, it looks like it's challenging, but lo and behold, it's not so, so much. Wax, seal, and everything. Um, so Knob Creek is one of four different small batch bourbon products that Jim Beam came out with about 25 years ago or so. 1992. So that would be 25 years ago. He um, stole all my background material. I No. I'm sure you have more than that. You are from the whiskey room after all. Um, I always ask Chris to pour because he has a heavy hand. Um, and so, and actually right now, because the only bottle available for uh, Knob Creek was a, a, a handle, a 1.75 liter, I'm sure uh, it's a heavier pour than normal. It's a, uh, it's a big pour. It's a big pour. But uh, so he's poured that out, and I'm already smelling uh, wonderful aromas uh, coming coming across to me from the glass. Um, but this is our first bourbon out of the whole series. This is our first bourbon, yep. Um, and uh, and so and then when I was thinking about it uh, earlier today, we have not done any of the same style of whiskey yet. We did a blended scotch and we did a single malt, single malt. and then we had the Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey and then, a Canadian. and then we had the Canadian whiskey and now we're on to a first bourbon so it gives us a chance to talk a little bit about bourbon and what makes bourbon special and unique well bourbon is the uh, the American you know whiskey if you will uh, it has to be by law at least 51% corn and um, my guess is, I couldn't find an exact mash bill for Knob Creek. My guess is it's actually higher in rye than in, uh, for, than a bourbon. But, you know, it's got more more than 51% corn in it, though. Of course. Um, has to be aged in new charred American oak and aged at least three years. However, mm. I believe Knob Creek is nine. No, the age statement, now there's a little, a little uh, bugaboo that a lot of people uh, don't fully understand because it's uh, basically... Uh, if you're less than four years aged, you have to tell how many years it's aged on yes. the label. If it's four years or more aged, you don't have to have an age statement. So, uh, and Knob Creek, actually, you're right. Nine years is what they used to do. Yeah, and this fall, off. they took the age statement off. Which I'm sure there's controversy, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the companies who are taking age statements off are creating a lot of controversy amongst the whiskey drinkers who aren't necessarily in it for the trend. Um, and there's valid arguments in uh, multiple sources that I've read for having it and not having it. By simply removing it, though, it does enable them to put more out faster. Right, because they're not waiting, and of course they're not losing that. You know, you're not losing nine years of the angel share at that well, point. I mean, but, but let's also let's let's be honest. I mean, why do we taste and review whiskeys, and why do most people enjoy them? It's because of how they taste. Mm -hmm. Is the flavor profile there? Is the flavor profile consistent? And so, if there never was an age statement on Knob Creek, and it tasted the way it tasted, would there be a big deal if it went? you know suddenly they put an age statement on it or and so why should it matter in the reverse as long as the taste remains constant correct yeah 
Um, but they are doing it. You're exactly right. They are doing it because your choices when you start to run out of supply for the demand, when you because the age statement locks you in. Because because yeah. the other part I left off is if you do put on an age statement, that is the youngest uh, whiskey that can be in that uh, bottle, correct? Or, yeah. or you know, blend, so yeah. to speak, of barrels. So. Um, so you do hem yourself in by saying that. Whereas now they could still get a same flavor profile by, you know, some older, some younger barrels together. And then they don't have to have that nine year age statement anymore. Um, so they so the choices is if they didn't do that, then they don't have enough supply of nine year old to make to keep up with the demand price goes up. People are very price sensitive usually. Maybe a buck or two, not much, yeah. but if it had to jump five bucks or, or it more, goes allocation, you know, or it goes allocation. Yeah. It becomes, so it becomes certainly becomes more scarce, right. harder to get. And that usually yeah. does also mean higher price. Usually. Um, and then, uh, or the other is what they did take off the age statement, unhandcuff themselves, so to speak, and uh, increase uh, supply uh, in the hopes that people won't, you know, will just follow their palate and that it will be the same to them. Um, and that's just happened within the last uh, six to nine months. This is a very recent change for Knob Creek. Um, so that this is probably the least expensive of the four small batches uh, from Jim Beam. It's Jim Beam's uh, for our Knob Creek, Basil Hayden, Booker, uh, no. Booker no, and uh, Bakers. Bakers, yeah. Um, and, and Basil Hayden might be pretty close, but I, this is it, it, it's either the cheapest or the same price as Basil yeah. Hayden. Um, and so, uh, so looking at this, it the first thing you'll notice. Well, first thing to notice when you notice the bottle is it says 100 proof. Yeah. So that's out. But if you look at the color of this, it is really a deep caramel brown. Oh yeah, it's a dark color from the aging from that oak. And that's the other thing we talked about adding coloring agents last time with the Canadian whiskey. Uh, they're not allowed to add coloring agents in a bourbon. Uh, so this all this color comes from the wood. The wood. The wood is right from the oak. That's right. And I'm told it's a heavily charred oak for the Knob Creek, or I think actually all the Jim Beam higher ends are, I believe. But in that alligator, I, I did read about area. this. It's a higher, higher char. Yeah. So uh, what are you getting on the nose there, Chris? Wood, vanilla, big vanilla notes. Yeah. Um, I think that's what a lot of people like about this one is the vanilla content. I've, I've never had this one neat. Um, I, I will say I first had Knob Creek when I was early into whiskey, and then I kind of avoided it until about eight or nine months ago, mm-hmm. and now it's one of my favorites. It's got um, some caramel notes and some tropical fruit notes as well. I get things like raisin. coconut and banana. I can see raisin. It's uh, You definitely get the... Uh, <clears throat> The higher proof in the, oh, well, uh, in yeah, the, you, in the nose. You, you don't want to just jam your yeah. nose down in this one. You would burn the hell out of your uh, olfactory nerves. But no, it's it's got some lovely uh, lovely aromatics. Like I said, it, as soon as he poured it in the glass, I uh, I was uh, picking those up. Now Chris is doing his uh, Kentucky Chew there, right? Oh, yeah. That's nice. That gets all over your mouth real smooth. Um, it has the bite you'd expect from 100 proof, but it's not a... Uh, you, you don't, it's not an alcoholic bite. It's not a repulsive, oh God, there's a high octane alcohol in my mouth bite. It's a spice from the grain. Uh, I think that's from that rye, in my opinion. It's good. 
Well, there's chocolate definitely, in there. There's definitely. Yeah, there's well, I mean, there's no chocolate in there, right. but I mean, like chocolate flavor. Yeah. Um, you definitely get the heat of. Oh. Uh, you definitely get the heat from uh, drinking it neat like this, but even with that heat, it does not overpower the palate um, at all. I get sweet uh, caramelized sugars in the center of the tongue. I get um, pepper. I get I get spice along the back. Um, I I got a cocoa in the mid palate. I'm I'm all describing almost the finish now. Um, the finish is all sweet. It's a very, yeah sweet finish. There's a, a, a perhaps too specific, but there's a, there's like creme brulee in this. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not a burned caramel, but boy, that's nice. It's right there. No, on that creme edge. brulee is a great descriptor for this because it has that creamy vanilla notes, toasty brown sugar notes. There's some who might even call this like a toasted marshmallow kind of flavor because of all that caramelized sugar kind of stuff um but also the it has spiciness on the mid palate like you pointed out i when you said chocolate i still get it it's like um it's not like super dark chocolate not like 70 percent cocoa but it's not milk chocolate it's somewhere like in between you know maybe like yeah maybe like semi-sweet chocolate chips kind of you know kind of placement um it's it's really nice um, I can see why this is uh, very popular. The other reason I believe this is really popular is because um, it probably mixes well because the profile so uh, so strong. But you've got the big cubes, right? You I do. I have the second big cubes. way, right? All right. So that's the other way uh, people have this. They have this on the big rock. And uh, we'll let that chill down a little bit. What are some what some of the other research you did uh, prior that I don't want to steal your thunder on? Uh, well, uh, Knob Creek is supposedly named after where Abraham Lincoln was born. Hmm. Uh, like you said, it was Jim Beam. It came out, uh, it was actually uh, Ancient Age, which is now called Buffalo Trace, started the premium bourbon market. And this was their reaction to uh, Blanton's, hmm. um, which, which got that going. Blanton's is also a fantastic uh, bourbon. Uh, I would much smaller, I think, in volume than than this. I mean, that, this is on that list because one, it's quality, well, but it, it also can produce. And that a lot. brings up an interesting point. Uh, Blanton's is a single barrel, and was yeah, the yeah. first single barrel released. This is quote unquote small batch, and small batch is one of those marketing terms, as in there's no real restrictions. It's or, unregulated. Or, right, it's yeah. unregulated, so it's not like I can tell you, well, they only use you know twelve barrels per batch or something because. One person's small batch might use nine, another person's might use 16, you know, whatever their definition of small batch is, they batch it up in those batches. Um, and also, I guess, by not being regulated, if, again, they're doing non-age statement, uh, now, they don't even have to have the same number of barrels from batch to batch when they reach the flavor profile. That's true, yeah. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, an interesting term. A lot of people often wonder what does small batch mean. So I'm glad we glad we talked about that. So this is chilled a little bit now. Uh, we'll give some aromatic uh, notes again. What are you getting there, Chris? Yeah, less of the wood, but more of the spiciness. The um, the vanilla has been uh, damped a little bit from the uh, you know the ice cube going in there. It killed all the tropical fruit notes I was getting, but it got I get everything you were saying. Actually, a little bit of smokiness now with the ice in there. It's very faint. It's not strong, or maybe even raisin, which I didn't get before at all. I can get dried fruit. I I, I don't smell the smoke, but then again, that's why we're different people. 
And uh, you've given that a swig yet? Well, we sort of have what we saw with the earlier um, whiskeys we tasted. One, the the ice did mute a lot of those stronger flavors, but yeah. and it's made a little smoother, easier to drink, if you will. But I I'm not losing any of the flavors. No, no, it's definitely it's not. There's no now. It's you know it's chilled just ever so slightly. The heat element that for many might overpower. Yeah. Um, in a bourbon uh, of this strength. Is totally gone, and all, and I get the creme brulee notes you were talking about. I get some of those tropical fruit notes. The spiciness still lingers on the finish. Um, it's it's actually almost like the same uh, flavors, but like turned down from volume eleven, you know, down to number okay. nine. Yeah, it's the same number nine, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it almost has a butteriness though now that I didn't have before on the finish. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, a little more creaminess yeah, on the finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the most popular way people drink this because of the heat factor. And, you know, there are people who are like, oh, always drink it neat, always drink it neat, etc. Um, but uh, I, I've seen a couple interviews with master distillers for bourbon, and they always talk about it needs to bruise up. And by that they mean with some ice. Some sort of water element ice. Yeah. Yeah. It opens it, the esters, it lets things move around a little bit. It does not disappoint at all. Are you surprised this is number six? Yeah, I was surprised with number six because, and that's probably because of my own uh, early experience with it, in that um, I wouldn't think it'd have that much appeal uh, to be on the 10. You know what I mean? Like, it would be clearly a top 20. I know it's a high selling. I would not have thought it would have made the top 10 highest selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what well, best tasting? Well, in that, well, in that, the poll of the people, so, the, yeah. right? So, so, but you know, in the last, like I said, last eight months to a year, I started drinking it again, and I definitely, it's a, it's you know, it's one of those ones that, like I just said, it's very enjoyable. Um, I just didn't think it was that popular that I would have made that list. Yeah, but it, I'm, you know, I've been delightfully surprised before. So, yeah. Well, I I think this is uh, probably uh, one of those that. Any, almost anybody who enjoys bourbon can afford to add to their bar. And it delivers, I wouldn't call this like the perfect bourbon or anything because I don't know if there is such a thing, but it delivers solidly both neat and on ice all those classic bourbon notes that you want yeah. um, when you're serving it. And that's probably the kind of one of the reasons I might always have this on one's bar, my bar, or your, or suggest yours is, like many of these others, it, you know what you're going to get, and, and you please a lot of different palates with it. Meaning, if you have somebody who's like, oh, well, I only drink, you know, super high-end bourbon, they're going to look at this and go, oh, okay, I can live with this. And the people who drink, you know, lower-end stuff, they're going to be like, wow, all right, you're pulling out the Knob Creek, you know, because instead of my early times. So, um, you know... This I think is uh, is is really is really a good price point bourbon. That's another reason it's here. Yeah, and, and like I said, and, and like you were just saying, that that uh, perception certainly would play out based on people I know. I would say, yeah, um, it is a very quality bourbon. Mm-hmm. It uh, and you get to some extent. I've always felt you get more bang for your buck in bourbon anyway. Uh, you can get a high flavor, complex flavor in a bourbon that's you know, half the cost of 
you know, a scotch or something like that. Yeah, well, it's just coming from, you know, a few states over. It's a few states over, you know, yeah, exactly. But it's a big difference. It's delightful, and uh, it is our first bourbon, and we actually have, uh, I think, two more. Two more coming up. But what what is coming up after this? The next is uh, one of my favorite single malts. Mm. Uh, It is the Glenlivet. Oh, the Glenlivet 12-year. I believe it's the 12-year. Yeah, Yeah. it is the Glenlivet 12-year. All right, so that's what we have to look forward to next time. But for now, we'll say... uh, Cheers with number six. Cheers. Cheers.